Welcome to Focused on Forward. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Focused on Forward. Today we're talking with Timothy McLaughlin. Uh, glad to have Timothy here, and uh, I think you guys are going to be uh, interested in his story and what he has to share here in a moment. Now, you may recognize him uh, once he starts talking, and you might recognize his voice. And if you look him up on IMDb, you're certainly going to recognize him from a few of the shows and things that he's been on. You may have seen him on Everybody Hates Chris. You may have seen him on Monk, CSI. And a few other things, but uh, today we're here to—he's here to talk about some of the things that he's had to deal with uh, through his course of his journey in life. But we're going to talk uh, more so about how he overcame those things and what he's doing on a day-to-day basis to stay focused on forward. So, Timothy, thank you for being on our show today, and uh, glad to have you here. Hey, Tim, glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, great. So, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to turn this over to you. I'm going to let you just tell us what's going on. Yeah, uh, how we got to where we're at and, and what, what you're dealing with. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, you know, uh, obviously, everybody's well aware that we've been in a pandemic for the last year. Um, it's been a really, really rough ride. I, uh, I actually lost um, my uh, talent agent during that period of time because, mm. you know, when things go dry sure. and, uh, they, you know, we either, we either, you know, don't get as much work or, sometimes the agencies actually close up. Um, I actually had a, one of my managers actually closed up shop and she moved to Atlanta because there was more work going on in Atlanta. Um, but anyway, so what happened is, is I decided to take that time to reinvent myself, um, okay. created a whole new look. Um, I now, I have, I now have, uh, probably more facial hair than I think I ever had in my entire life. Um, it's a very <laughs> impressive beard mustache. I, I, I never, ever uh, thought I would have something like, quite like this. But when, you know, when you have to make changes in your life, you've got to sit there and say, oh, okay, well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe things, are, uh, maybe things are ready for a change. Um, anyway, talking about all of these things, uh, the biggest, most, I guess, struggling thing that you have as an actor is trying to stay relevant in everything that you do. And um, uh, it's been hard doing that during the pandemic. Even all the major movie actors, you know, they have, they they go on TikTok, they go on uh, YouTube, they they create all this other content so that they can stay relevant. Um, So right now I've decided to change it and and create this look. And it actually came accidentally. I was I was uh, meeting with a photographer of mine and we actually were getting some new headshots and I had kind of a short beard going on at the time. And so we were doing some different looks and, uh, and then my wife and I started watching the, um, what was it? The, the series, the star series outlander. Oh, okay. And we were doing that. 
I'm going to move with you a little bit here. I like, I got a little construction going on in the background. So let me know if there's an issue with the sound. But um, the, the interesting thing that happened was we, um, we were watching the show, my wife and I, and the actor Graham McTavish uh, had this tremendous beard set up. And, uh, and my wife said, I, I wonder if you can look like that. She says, I bet you would get a lot of work. So lo and behold, I started doing that. And <laughs> all of a sudden I said to myself, hey, this is pretty cool. Let's see if, um, you know, let's see if something comes out of it. And sure enough, I ended up getting a, uh, a modeling commercial agent uh, signing. Oh, nice. With, uh, yeah, brand uh, international uh, model agency called Brand Models and Talent. They signed me uh, to do commercial and print work. Um, so as we come out of this uh, pandemic, hopefully that's going to be a you know, big plus. And now I'm uh, trying to work my way into getting back into the film and television. Okay. So, so yeah. So what are some of the how so what are some of the emotional and mental challenges that you deal with in, in being an actor? Because now I've talked with several others and they've all highlighted the fact that that there's the initial struggle of getting used to being told no. How was that an issue for you? Did did you handle rejection well? Oh, well you have to and it's not I never handle rejection well. Nobody should handle rejection well. <laughs> I mean, when I say that, I mean, I mean, rejection is a part of life. Failure is a part of life. Um, you know, whether you're failing at, you know, in school or whether you, you have some issues and you fail doing anything from the simplest of tasks, failing is a part of learning. And then, uh, and then from that, you, you, you adjust and you recreate how to be successful. So I knew that when I got into acting and it's, it's really interesting that, the, the beginning of it all revolved around, of course, a girl, <laughs> because, you know, you're, I was in high school and there was this girl that I really liked and she was in the drama club. So I thought to myself, hey, what better way to get to know this girl than to join into the drama club? So uh, I did. And that's where I found out that I really, really, really loved acting. Uh, of course, the girl had long since moved on and uh, but, but my acting career kept flourishing. So, um, uh, you know, it, it transcended into, you know, college and I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree at the University of Florida. I went on to do um, multiple stage shows at Universal Studios in Orlando. And um, from there, television shows, commercials, and then a move out here to California. Okay. So... Let's ask you this. I got a few questions I want to ask you based on on not only just your um, your career path, but also on, on what I've sensed in your own personality. Just some things here. So let's uh, let's start with this one here. What could you be grateful for and positive about right now if you really wanted to? What's the biggest thing that you need or you feel that you are most grateful for? Most grateful? Yeah, uh, my my wife. Are you, are you kidding me? I've, I've been married for about 26 years. Uh, I met my wife back in 1992, 91. And uh, so we've been together for th almost 30 years. The, um, the most amazing thing that you can have in your life is someone to support you in whatever your endeavors might be. Somebody that doesn't give you negative feedback. They give you positive feedback throughout your entire life. And 
my wife's done nothing but give me that mental, emotional support uh, throughout our entire life. And that includes what, even when we were raising our two sons. Um, and that does put a really big burden. Um, a lot of Hollywood relationships don't last because they have to choose between family and career. That's a big, big uh, a balance that is so difficult to make in, in Hollywood. And so, yeah, I think that maybe at times I sort of backed off of my, um, my, my career in Hollywood because I knew that my family was, was more important. They were worth keeping. Um, but I've always, every time I've pressed forward in my acting career, my wife has always been supportive and she's always been there. And, uh, you know, so when I do come home or when I do, you know, not get, I don't get the part or I had, you know, problems with the audition I didn't feel good about, um, you know, she's always there to say, Hey, there's going to be another one right around the corner. You know, this opportunity just, you know, it wasn't the one that was meant for you. So having that kind of support is huge when you're uh, not only a struggling actor, but even when you're a successful actor. Um, so during the moments and the periods of time when I did have successful uh, experiences, you know, she was also there from an understanding point saying, okay, well, I know I'm not going to see you for a couple of weeks, or I know that we're not going to be around. And, and, and it's, it, it's really a big trust factor, you know, trusting that your partner is going to, you know, be there for you, you know, yeah, absolutely. I can I can echo a lot of that in my own my own life with my wife. Uh, we've been married mm -hmm. for let's see, it'll be twenty three years uh, in about two weeks, and um, you know uh, everything that I I feel I've been even remotely or moderately successful at, it's been because of the support of my wife. You yeah. know, so yeah. had it not been for for her and and her support, uh, I don't know that I would be anything of what I am or where I am uh, in life. Sure. Sure. So. I mean, I had uh, before I met my wife, there was a, I was dating a girl and she, um, you know, she got to the point where she was like, you know, I just I don't know if I can be with someone who who wants to be an actor, you know, because they're they're going to be poor. They're not going to be uh, able to financially support me and this and that. And and that moment was though basically it was <laughs> that was when my eyes opened up and I go, OK, well, you are not the one for me then. Right. Because, you know, if, if, if support only goes one way uh, in a marriage, then it, it's not going to last very long. No. And I, th I think a lot of the a lot of the marriages in Hollywood have failed because either the one or the other loses trust in one of them. Um, you know, whether it's a, we're apart and I don't know if you could be apart from me long enough and not, you know, uh, um, fool around or, you know, do sure. anything that, that would violate in our marriage vows or anything like that, you know, and also there are, I mean, there are some marriages where people can't be apart for long periods of time. They just feel insecure. They have right. insecurities about themselves. And so, you know, if, if, if the husband or the wife actor is away for long periods of time, then, uh, you know, there could be certainly some insecurities that could creep in and that's not good for a marriage either. No, uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right on with that one. All right, so now earlier you mentioned uh, the the fun that was 2020 uh, that has carried into 2020 Part 2, Electric Boogaloo, or as we like to call it, 2021. 
So you mentioned uh, some of the issues and problems that we that a lot of people have experienced and faced uh, mm -hmm. trying to tra traverse this pandemic. Um, but what's one problem that you're thankful that you don't have? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Uh, I guess the one problem I'm thankful that I that I don't have. <sighs> wow, I just I. <sighs> It, 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 at this point right now, everybody is financially struggling um, in one way, shape or form. I'm grateful and thankful that we managed to, um, how shall I say it, be very mindful of finances throughout my career. And so now we're at the point where our kids are basically out of the house. So it's my wife and I. And during this entire financial crisis, we haven't been as tragically affected like so many thousands of other people. Yeah. Um, we've managed to budget ourselves a little bit more. Yes, we've, we've had to really tighten our budget up just like everyone else. But I think the thing that I'm most thankful for is that, um, you know, we're still able to make, make our monthly ends meet and we're still able to help people out, whether it's family or whether it's um, very close friends that may be in need um, of a little bit of help uh, and support during this time as well. So I really feel lucky that we're on that side right now. However, 2021 could cause a whole different, you know, event that could create something that we wouldn't be able to get through. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I agree with that. Again, I can echo that those sentiments with my life and what's going on with my wife and I and uh, we've been very fortunate. Um, my wife works for a university here in Michigan, and we've been fortunate that she's been able to stay employed. She wasn't furloughed, uh, any of those things. And so that's been that's been nice for us. Um, with everything that that people have gone through with with 2020, there's been a uh, an increase of mental health awareness because of the stresses that the pandemic has placed on all of us with quarantines and, you know, um, you know, uh, social distancing and, and, you know, all these, these type of things. How have you gone about handling those things? Well, my wife got, um, she got laid off back in May. Um, so the two of us have basically been living together, like every moment of every day together. And, while everybody knows that <laughs> you can get on each other's nerves, no matter who you are, when you spend countless hours and countless days with one another. Right. And we, we do, we, we, we do get on each other's nerves. And I, you know, I'll sit there and I'll say, Hey, Hey, hon, I, I need to go and uh, I need to go on a bike ride, or I need to go drive down here to um, the beach, or I need to, you know, go hit some golf balls on the driving range. I mean, thank God, some of the things are still available to yeah. go and do. Um, now I live down in, I live down in Orange County, which is a different, whole different world than LA County, um, which is so much more restricted. Uh, a lot of people down here just for the most part are still living a semi-normal life. Um, but, uh, you know, we've both been, we've both been home with each other the whole time. So it really can get monotonous. It really can get claustrophobic. And the, the best thing that we try to do is, Hey, get out, let's get outside. Let's do something. You know, we, mm -hmm. for a while we were on this, 
hey, we're going to jog and run and we're going to, you know, work on a fit kind of a thing. And yeah, and you also find other things like cooking, you know, hey, mm-hmm. let's 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 learn how to cook some different things. I guarantee you that probably about 75 percent of the society has learned how to cook a new dinner or something over the course of these last absolutely you know, eight, nine, 10 months. And um, uh, we also micro we also find this look at the littler things. Um, we take the smaller things that we used to take advantage of. We're starting to now open our eyes and see those smaller detailed things. My son sure. lives up, in, my oldest son lives up in Spokane. And, um, uh, and, and he has been in touch with us constantly talking about how his life has been affected. Um, and then my 19 year old son, who was in college, uh, he had to come home. You know, my, my wife and I were sitting here last year, this time last year thinking, uh, oh, wow, we're free. You know, kids are out of the house. We got, we did it. We're sitting there high-fiving each other. We did it. We did it. We did it. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to spend some time with each other. I'm going to focus on my career. You're going to focus on your career. I mean, this, this was supposed to be the time where we were supposed to just kick it into high gear with the two of us. We were going to travel. Yeah. For our 25th anniversary, we actually were going to go to Scotland. We had the whole trip already booked and paid for, and oh, wow. we got um, we got uh, we got stymied with it. So you know it's postponed until later on this year, but that may not even happen either. Right. So yeah. So you got, I mean you got to get down into the smaller things that you 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 didn't really take into account on a day to day basis, and and I guess that's the biggest thing that we've learned from from this whole pandemic is you know slow down look around. Um, you know, my wife and I, between the two of us, we lost six uncles oh, in the last wow. 12 months, none of them to COVID, none of them. It's just, it, it, it would have happened whether the pandemic was here or not, but we lost six, is a lot. six, six of them. All my, yeah. we lost all of them. I haven't, I don't have, I don't have another uncle. My wife doesn't have another uncle. Um, Mm. yeah, they're all, they all, they all left this year. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. 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 Yep. Just last, just lost my last one this morning. Um, he passed away. I mean, they were all in their eighties, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. But still, um, but they, they lived good lives and it just, it just seemed so surreal that so much death has encompassed this this world, not just, you know, our family, but everyone in, in every way, shape or form. Um, and, uh, you know, so it does, it gives you, it gives you pause, you know, to sit back, to reflect on small things on what you have, no matter how small they might be. So I guess that's one good thing is taking, taking stock in, uh, in, in the things that we normally took granted for. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Another person I interviewed called it, uh, uh, a gratitude schedule. You know, he made sure that every day he scheduled time for himself to make sure that he was grateful for something that he would look yeah. around, he would see something and I need to be grateful for this today. Today, I yeah. need to be grateful for this. So I think that's, I think that's a very good, it's a very healthy thing to do too, to make sure that we're grateful for all these little things around us. I think too, one of the things that the pandemic has brought upon us is now you mentioned, you know, taking notice and taking stock of all these little things. 
But one of the other things that it's, it's done is when we're, while we're doing that is we start taking stock of ourselves, uh, who we are, mm-hmm. what we are, how we are. Um, you know, I, I realized very quickly that if I was going to uh, work from home with my wife, because I've been a stay-at-home dad for the last few years uh, mm-hmm. of our children's life, um, you know, our oldest is often married, our, our middle child graduated high school last year, uh, our youngest just turned 14. And she has some health issues, but I've been a, a stay-at-home dad since she was two or three years old. Yeah. Um, you know, but one of the things I realized though is that in order to f- continue to facilitate all these things, with now my wife working from home, I was going to have to work on my patience uh, <laughs> because I am not a very patient person to begin with, and I know that. Um, so I looked at myself and I saw a need to make changes. Yeah. So. Other than developing a need to appreciate the small things, was there something about you, about Timothy McLaughlin, that you looked at yourself and said, I need to make a change here? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had uh, um, concerns about, you know, getting older in any way, shape or form. It's always when, you're, when, you, when you get up into your 50s, you're always thinking about your health now. All of a sudden, health becomes a major factor, even when you're a healthy person. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Me, from, from a standpoint of being healthier, uh, my wife and I have sworn off until, of course, this past Christmas. Christmas always, always gets me with candies and cookies and cakes. And, you know, coming from an Italian family, my mom would do nothing but bake. And, and if you saw the picture she had sent me a couple of weeks ago, her entire kitchen counter is, was filled with just literally <laughs> buckets of Christmas uh, desserts and cookies and things. Yeah, I love and, it. And um, yeah, we we swore to to get off of that. Um, and uh, it, you know, it, it's it's helped us a lot. We you know, as old, we're older people. We we're always trying to to do something to stay healthy. And sometimes you can do everything you can to stay healthy, but then you've got to be healthy and happy. I mean, you know, my wife wanted me to try some you know, salad, kale stuff. And I go, you know, I'll eat that, but I'm not going to be happy. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's my grandfather smoked and drank heavily and lived to be 88 years old. Um, And uh, it's just, we've come to the conclusion where, look, balance something good in your diet, but also invite the things that make you happy into into your diet as well. Um, that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. They think, oh, I'm going to go cold turkey. And, and then they end up being miserable. You know, oh, they might have lowered their cholesterol a few points or they might have, you know, feel they lost a few pounds. But right, in, yeah. the end, in the end, you know, okay, so you're a physically fit, miserable person. Yeah. You know, instead of, instead of finding some kind of a balance. Um, as far as my career goes, <laughs> I've made a new, I, I've made a pact with myself when, when the pandemic hit and that, that pact was, um, I'm not going to stop focusing on my goal. What I have to do now is I have to create a whole, a whole new plate of things that I'm going to focus on during the year. And one of them was reinventing my look. Another one is, um, I, I decided I'm going to I'm going to watch a lot more independent, lower budget films. I want to get, I want to get more into the independent film world than I had been in the past. I mean, I was, but now 
I'm really getting into that more because let's face it, the, the, the film industry is changing big time. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the attention span of this next, these next couple of generations that are coming up, it's very small. It's very short. Correct. Social media has put such a short attention span on, on whatever you want to call them, millennials or Gen X's or whatever you want to call them. The attention span is so small because they're so used now to watching these TikTok videos or these short, yeah, the YouTube videos. So, so keeping their attention. So the, the entire film industry, media industry has all been making this massive shift from, uh, from going to the movie theater to staying home, sitting on your computer with your headphones on, watching these short, short videos or presentations. So um, I really do. I think I think that the uh, the entertainment industry, from a standpoint of filmmaking, is turning towards a lot of amateur filmmakers, a lot of low budget filmmakers, and these people come up with ideas, and a lot of these ideas are brilliant, and they put it on a small platform. And they get, you know, hundreds of thousands of views and follows. And, and that's what's generating financial support through either um, advertising or through other means to promote their products. So it is, it's, it's really shrinking in a different way. Okay. So here's a question I like to ask every single guest that's been on the show thus far. Looking back over the entirety of, of your life, your journey from, from little Timothy to where you're at now, what is the single greatest lesson you have learned? Patience. I guess that's the biggest word I've ever had because patience has literally been a part of every aspect of my life. Um, and there have been times when I've lost it, patience. There mm -hmm. have been times when I've had more patience than maybe I should have had. Um, but from, from my career, from the beginning of my career um, to where I am right now has always been a lesson in patience. There's just, if you try to get somewhere too fast, you're gonna regret yourself. You're gonna forget things that you should have brought along with you on the path you're going to alienate people that you would have liked to have brought with you on the journey. Okay. There's just, I mean, there's just so many, so many things that you can, you can sit there and say, Oh, well, I wish I would have done this differently. I wish I would have done that differently. I mean, yeah, if we all had time machines, we'd all go back to make our lives better, but would we go back to make our lives better financially or would we go back to make our lives better spiritually? You sure. know? And, and it's really interesting because the kids nowadays, I don't think they have any sense of spirituality right now, but I don't think I had it when I was uh, in my twenties either. You know, they're, they're living for the moment of the, uh, of, of recognition, you know, okay. and validation. So, and, and all I can say is, is that patience, every person has their 15 minutes of fame whether they have it at the beginning, the middle, or the end of their lives. Um, everyone's going to have it. It's what you do with that 15 minutes of fame to complete your life, basically. Yeah. yeah, good. Okay. 
So, and one more question that I like to ask every every guest. What was the single greatest piece of advice that you were given that inspires you still today? As an actor or as a person? Because I, yes. I have, <laughs> yes. <laughs> as an actor either, and a see, so either way, if you want to share both of them, you can, or if you, if one trumps the other, as far as you're concerned, uh, either way, yeah, I'll, share, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you make that call. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll absolutely, I'll share um, one experience that I had um, with a, uh, with a very well-known actor um, by the name of Alfred Molina. I was doing an episode oh, yeah. of Monk. I was doing an episode of Monk and, um, and he played um, a guest starring role and I was his attorney in the episode. And so there was a scene where we had to sit in a limousine for extended periods of time between camera takes. And so we started having a conversation and, and, and what an amazingly humble uh, person he is, just a fantastic human being. Mm-hmm. And I asked him very casually, I said to him, I said, so, so what do you got lined up next? What are you going to be doing next? You know, young, naive actor that I, that I was or am. And, uh, and he turns to me and he says, I don't know. He says, I'm going to be just as unemployed as you are. And, and I said, nah, that, that's, and he said, look, he says, he says, the way that I look at my acting career, he says, is once I'm done with every project, I look at myself as being, that could have been the last project I've ever done. He says, so I always approach it as the moment I'm finished with that project, I'm unemployed. And he says, that's what keeps me hungry. No matter whether there's something lined up or not, he, he, he gives himself that frame of mind that I'm unemployed. And, and what it does is it humbles him and it gives him appreciation for the next project that comes right along. So that was a very important lesson that, that he gave me is always, 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 no matter what role you get, if you get the starring role in a movie or if it's just a small part, when you're finished with that part, you have to basically tell yourself that's it. This could be the end. This could be, I don't have anything left. I've got to fight for the next role. I've got to fight for the next part. And so that's really, I took that very, very, um, uh, very much to heart. That's good advice. Yeah. Um, From a standpoint of of life, um, uh, my father um, was was very important in my life. Uh, He passed away when I was 35. Um, and, but, but when I was getting married, some of the greatest, greatest words, um, that my father, you know, could ever extend upon me was, um, always be open, always be open to someone else's, um, point of view, always be open to someone else's point of view. He says, because sometimes when you get emotional or angry, your point of view can get clouded. So he's like, so he basically said that to me literally before I was about to get married. And I think he meant that like, you know, in a partnership, in a marriage, you always have to look to the other person's point of view and appreciate what they have to say. Um, And he also said, the more you listen and the less you talk, but the more you listen in a conversation, the more you're going to learn. So. Seems like a very wise man. That's good advice from him. Yeah, yeah, he was a great guy. Sounds like it. Yeah. Sounds like it. So, looking at your uh, at your IMDb profile here, 
Um, we have we have some obviously some acting credits and things, but uh, you want to let's uh, let's tell everybody about what you've got coming up, what your what uh, the future holds for you as far as uh, the acting world. Well, the pandemic put a lot of my uh, projects on hold, but I decided that I wanted to take control of a few things. So I decided to get together with some other friends who, you know, had similar struggles with the pandemic, um, directors, other actors. Um, and, uh, and we got together and we, we said, hey, let's not let this thing really stop us. So we, we've, we filmed a couple of small projects, um, one which is just finishing up in post-production that we're hoping to put out to some, uh, some film festivals, both domestic okay. and international. Um, and, and it's, uh, it's called fleeced and it's sort of like a, it, it's sort of a really funny little comedy short kind of in the lines of, if anybody knows who, um, the, the comedy character, Mr. Bean. Oh yeah. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of in that a lot of physical comedy and not a lot of dialogue. And it's a very, very funny short, nice. very, very endearing. Um, I, I had a project and this just goes to show you how yeah, anything can happen at any given time when you're filming a movie. Uh, I was doing another movie called um, King of Wishful Thinking. Okay. That was actually filmed about a year and a half ago. And it starred uh, Emmy Award winning um, actor Kim Estes. Okay. And, um, and it was directed by a lady named Molly Fitzgerald. And a lot of people might might know that name. Um, she was involved in um, a very tragic situation last, in fact, almost this time last year, exactly this time last year. Um, and uh, she's, she's, she basically has been uh, basically indicted for, you know, for killing her mom. Oh, geez. Um, she, she had a very serious emotional breakdown um, and the tragic event unfolded uh, over Christmas, I think last year. And so, you know, the film project is basically dead in the water or on hold um, because, you know, when something like that happens, it's very difficult to move forward in a post-production way because she actually produced it and wrote it and directed it. And it's a fantastic film, a fantastic piece, but, you know, there's nothing that can be done when, you know, you get into the legal issues about the rights of the film and sure. how, who's going to be able to finish it. And so we're very frustrated and we're still trying to work our way into getting, I mean, I have, I literally have possession of the film, but I can't do anything. Right. So I'm trying to find some legal recourse to maybe, you know, get this train going again, but it's a long process. And so many films fall into that category. They get stuck on a shelf after they're done because there may be some legal terms or issues or problems. Okay. So many movies never get made. So many of them, I mean, they get made, but they never get, they never get seen because of, of problems that happen similar to this. Um, right. But we plow through it, you know, we plow through those things. Um, I, was, um, I was pinned to do a movie. When I say pinned, I was, um, I was asked to be part of it. Uh, a movie called Warrior of Eight Flags last summer. And the project, because of the pandemic, got basically put on hold. And uh, gosh, it's so difficult when you have a movie and you have the production dates <clears throat> and you are ready to go. And then all of the sudden something like this happens and it basically sends all the talent and crew scattering to the wind. Well, it's really hard to gather everybody back up 
oh, and sure. get them all get them all back together for another shoot time. Sometimes it takes it takes years to um, to get everybody back together, and sometimes they end up having to recast it. Sometimes they have to bring in new actors because you know what happens is is people have schedules and you know getting them all together at the same time is not an easy task. Right. Maybe yeah. be able to do it once and twice might be a trick. Yeah. So we're turning around and we're hoping that maybe the spring or the summer of this year, it'll, it'll, uh, you know, it'll all come back together and we'll, we'll be on track to film that. Well, I hope so. That'd be cool. So where's yeah. a good, where's a good place for people to find out more information about you? Well, you had said uh, my IMDB page is, is a good way to see what projects are coming up. Okay. Um, uh, that can be, you can go to imdb.me backslash Timothy McLaughlin, and that'll bring you right to my page. Um, I am on Instagram and I'm trying to get more involved in, you know, posting stuff on Instagram. But if you go to my Instagram page, which is, I guess it's at the Timothy Mac. Okay. So at, at the Timothy Mac, uh, take you to, uh, when you go into Instagram, it'll bring you to my page. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm starting to post more things there and, and um, uh, you know, some stuff about my, my personal life, some stuff about my professional life and, uh, and where things are going there. And there's also links on that Instagram site that can take you to, you know, um, back over to IMDb or, um, you know, Actors Access, which is my full resume and stuff. If you wanted okay. to get more in depth and see you can certainly check that out, but um, not doing as much Twitter and Facebook these days. It's uh, that those platforms have gotten a little too, how shall I say it? Uh, high intensity for me. You know, I much rather keep things more casual and upbeat. I, you know, I tend to agree with you on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're, uh, un unfortunately for my shows, they're, they're kind of necessary evils. I use them yeah. to, to, you know, uh, try and get more traffic to you know for people to listen to the podcast and and get it out there between this show and and uh, you know like I was saying earlier my other show the funny science fiction podcast you know that's a YouTube podcast so trying to get those out there to you know I use those heavily for advertising so sure I mean you but, know you can connect with me on Instagram anytime anybody wants to either follow me or give me a follow request or something or you can leave messages there on Instagram um, and I think you can even follow me on IMDb um, you know, and, and, you know, the funny thing about it is, is my IMDb maybe reflect, maybe reflects about 65 to 75% of the projects that I've done. I've done, I've done a lot more projects that are on IMDb. Um, it's just that they either, either don't get the credits for it or it never makes it to a big, a big, uh, a screening. Like <clears throat> here's a little something, maybe uh, your listeners may be interested in knowing. Okay. I was, I was actually Jackie Earl Haley's double for the uh, last Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Oh, neat. Yeah, so every every shot that was not Jackie Earl Haley's face, that was not Freddie's face, I'd say about 95% of the shots, that was me in the picture. So that was a lot of fun to do. Oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I got to do all the slashes, all the gut special effects of, of, of uh, taking out the, the my victims and stuff like that. So it was, it was pretty cool. Um, and it was a really great experience, but you know, they don't, they don't post music videos on IMDb. I've done a lot of them. Okay. Uh, it was actually, I was actually a Bruce Willis, um, lookalike for, for a rock band. Oh, <laughs> funny. Time, right. Yeah. They did a whole diehard kind of spoof. <laughs> and, uh, I, was, I played, uh, 
I played John McClane running through a bunch of flames and, and stuff. And it was pretty, it was pretty good. It was cool. I like it. So I got the, yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, we'll make sure that we'll put some of that information in, into the, uh, the dialogue of, of the post when we put it out there. But uh, Tim, uh, Timothy, thank you so much for, for being on here today with us. Thank you for having a conversation with us. And uh, you sure have been a joy to talk with. Hey, my pleasure, man. It was, it was great talking with you too, Tim. All right, guys. That's going to conclude us today for Focused on Forward. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused on Forward. To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at podcastfof, through our Facebook page named Focused on Forward, or through email, focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay focused on Forward.